amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Boy, this Mercury retrograde. Um, and I don't even. It's not negative. I never look at any of the planets, you know, going in another direction as being negative. But today, Facebook been feeling it. Boeing Airlines been feeling it. Instagram been feeling it, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you better get on the wave right here and um, just be able to ride this thing and don't take things too seriously <laughs> and just be able to laugh through it, man, you know what I mean, like, just like reflect, I keep telling everybody, like, that's part of the formula is reflection, but I'm just happy and grateful everybody could tune in today, Coach K Radio, and tonight's topic is going to be crazy, life after death, becoming an ancestor. Um, I wanted to do a video on this before the show started. You know, I wanted to talk about it, and Facebook was like, you ain't getting on here talking about this today. What What are you doing? You're just going to have to just see how many people show up without our aid. You better be glad we let you post one, um, like, I got, like, one post in on Facebook all day today. And I was like, yo, y'all, y'all bugging. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to conduct some, some information and trans, transfer some wisdom and keep expanding the platform. But it just did not go that way. So it's going the way it's going, but we still going to rock. I'm surprised I even was up in this joint on time. So tonight is going to be a barn burner uh, as usual. I never doubt. I don't have to. I remember my daddy told me one time, and he's an ancestor now. He said, don't ever worry nor wander. Don't ever worry nor wander. I was like, wow. I wasn't catching it when he was dropping jewels like that then. But now... I'm like sitting on that information, and I'm saying, okay, I really get where you was coming from. So big shouts out to my pops, Arthur Lee Carter. Um, the show definitely going out to him and everybody who got big-time ancestors on here. When you come on the show, certainly please give a big shout out to your ancestor or a couple of your ancestors if you like. If you want to press 1 and come on at any time in the show, that's all you got to do. The calling number is 917 889 3803. But without further ado, there's no way I could do this show by myself. Well, I don't want to do it by mine. 
and he just been with me all nine episodes. We've been together for a couple of years as far as just, you know, drinking from the same cup, trying to get up the same mountain, following very similar spiritual paths. Uh, he's a father. He's an architect. He's an engineer. He's an artist. He's an actor. He's uh, he's a, he's definitely a sorcerer extraordinaire and many other things. Y'all put y'all hands together for my man, Fire Walpon. Man. <laughs> hey. hey, man, your your introductions get more your introductions get more elaborate every week. I, I feel like I really gotta live up to all of this now. Jeez. You do, you do, you do. You absolutely one thousand percent have to. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up, man. What's going on with you today, man? You all right? That's a lot. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot of solar flares, Mercury retrograde, and a lot going on. But you know, I'm I'm thankful. I'm grateful to be here. It's a lot happening, though. It's a lot happening. They uh they trying to wake woolly mammoths up, and um they don't reverse time on us. I don't know if you peeped that out of the news. These quantum quantum physicists, and use a quantum computer to reverse time. That was just in the news, bro. <laughs> I'm sure. At this point I'm sure. in the game, <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say at this point in the game, it's really hard for them to surprise me. I've been waiting on, you know what I'm saying, like physical extraterrestrials for over 20 years to pop up. So, and then now that I might have multiple psilocybin and this, uh, the mycelium network and Star Trek, like, it's, so what? I mean, what else are y'all going to do? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Like a woolly mammoth, that's all. How many of was it? How, uh, did they catch them having sex? Did they bring them down to Manhattan? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think it went that far. Not yet, anyway. Not that they're telling us. And what about the time going back? What about the time getting switched up? What happened with that? They they um they took some quantum computers and you know quant- they used the qubits inside the quantum computer and reversed them, so they made them complex, and then they went back to making them simplistic. It, to put it simply, and in other words, they reverse time, and they announce that to everybody, and that's never been done, at least not in the public venue, I don't think. So, yeah, time travel. Get ready for it. Um, but the big thing, I'm I'm very happy that those distractions ain't going to keep us from what we're doing over here, over right here on. talking about these another blasting off from Earth into the multiverse episode number ten. You know what Man. I'm saying? So I want everybody get up on your feet for episode number ten up in this seat. We ain't talking about this one, two, three, or four. Y'all can do all of that if you want, but we just gonna take out the bomb. Oh, with the glass explosions, all of that. So tonight is Life After Death Becoming an Ancestor with Kalinda E. Nine one seven eight eight nine thirty eight zero three is the call-in number. Honoring your ancestors, cool. We got that. But what about becoming an ancestor? What are you doing right now the best possible ancestor that you can possibly be? What's your walk? What are going to be your responsibilities? What tools will you take with you? What type of mind will you take with you? What type of mind will you leave behind? What skills will you take? What wisdom Whose altar will you end up on, and why? Will you be up to the task? 
will you be taken care of or will you take care of? What type of ancestor will you be? Inquiring minds want to know in tonight. International scholar and master teacher Kalinda E. of the Tamarian Institute joins Coach Kair from Firewater to talk about life after death becoming an ancestor. We're going to get into some serious decoding tonight again, episode 10, and take you to a place you may not have been so. Get your mind right for a fantastic journey. As usual, this will be an envelope-pushing conversation, and there's going to be tons of extras. Pen and paper is a must. You got any expectations about this show tonight, brother? Well, uh, I have a feeling that when it comes to the ancestors and the afterlife, that it's going to be a few bubbles bursted in this conversation, and it's going to be some megaton bombs dropped as far as uh, uh, unknown jewels and gems that we were unaware of. I know that much. I know that much. Exactly. So if you're listening live right now, and especially if I sent you an invite, take that, the same thing I sent you, copy it, and then send it to three or four people because they want to hear about this. One of the things Kalinde had talked, he had just touched on ancestors maybe like a couple episodes ago, but um, i just been thinking really on a, on a plane of, you know, he talked about we could go and get in contact with an ancestor. But did we even have any of the people who we call ancestors now? Like how were they prepped? Like they weren't prepped. Like most of our ancestors was into Christianity or there was some type of, the, in, you know, a result of the diaspora being misplaced here in America or totally forgot who they were, and then they die, go to another realm, and it's like shock. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anybody's ever seen Astral City, but um, it's, it's a story about a brother dying and him having to come to grips with it's not no streets of gold and it's not necessarily like hell and it was still hospitals over there, and he could still learn over there, and he could still, like, interact with the people that were still here, but he was totally not prepared. And I was like, I want to talk about, and I want to hear Kalindi's take on becoming an ancestor. Because he he, Kalindi was like, yo, I'm just getting ready because I ain't coming back. And I was like, man, who altar is Kalindi going to end up on? I don't see him going nowhere no time soon. I look at him as an immortal. I ain't going nowhere no time soon. But... When I do look at my my ancestor altar and what I had to do to like get them straight, that's like a big that's like it's like a big conversation right now. Everybody's talking about ancestor altars, burning ancestor money, taking care of your ancestors. But I think most of them didn't even know like how to do, like what could they do on this side to prepare for that side for the journey continuing. They thought it was over. They didn't believe in reincarnation, or they didn't think they would be back, or things like that. And then they end up in your dreams, and they need you to help them, and things like that. Feed your ancestors and show them respect. Why do they need food? Why they can't take care of themselves? So, you know, and what kind of ancestor am I gonna be? Am I gonna be a derelict ancestor where somebody gonna be pushing me around in the cart, or am I gonna be popping collars? You know what I'm saying? I want to be continue be an explorer to continue traveling the multiverse. So that's kind of where the show came at. Fire. What do you think about that? Do, do, I, my my major question is: Do we have to wait to com, to to greet and communicate with the ancestors? Can I do that now, or do I have to wait till I'm I leave here? 
you might be able to go speak with them in person now on some Black Panther uh, heart-shaped herb and go talk to your ancestors in real time. I don't know. Maybe we find out That's tonight. a good point. That's a good point to make about Black Panther because in that scene, he knew he could, him talking to his ancestors was a part of his preparation for being in his daddy's shoes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, talking to his father, he knew when he died, that's where he would be. You know what I'm saying? So let's go ahead and get into it. Without further ado, y'all get up on your feet and put your hands together for Baba Kalende I.E.U. Greetings, Baba. Thanks for joining us tonight for episode 10. Thanks a lot. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, how's everybody doing out there? I hope everyone is doing well and uh, moving forward. Well, yeah. dealing with the, with the subject this evening, um, ancestors and what that means and how we commune with them and things like that, and we'll get into that to actually let folks know um what the what the what the um you know knowledge base is uh, first and foremost um anytime you you talk about the ancestors everyone that is dead is not an ancestor that's mm. number one um if you were not a, a righteous person a person who served the community, a person who was good to their family, a person who was, you know, just a, a worthless nothing here, um, you're not elevated to the level of ancestor. And to keep the ancestors in this particular time construct, you have to mention the ancestor's name and you give them uh, drink and uh, at certain times food, and you mention their names. That doesn't mean that they cease to exist, you know, like the uh, the old gods, you know, different levels of gods. You know, if you didn't mention the god's name, they would eventually disappear. Um, and basically it's the same thing here. If you don't feed them talk to them, bring their name up, uh, you 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 let them, you release them into the full plenum of uh, the next the next area. And then also the ancestors live within you. They are part of your DNA, part of your cellular structure, part of your spirit. So you're always in contact with them. Number one, because you're dealing with... Uh, you know, brother was talking about quantum computers. You're talking about quantum entanglement. Uh, quantum entanglement is that um, subatomic particles that, particles that have been in congruence with one another, no matter what the distance, no matter where, they're always in contact with one another. So you came from your mother and, and father. You came from your grandparents, great-grandparents, all the way back. So each one who led on that DNA you're in contact with. You're in uh, what they call interaction. So by giving uh, giving energy, 
by invocation, by being able to call their name, you keep them in your environment on a quantum on a quantum level to be able to be part of your existence. Now, one thing is dealing with the mushroom, which we've been dealing with for uh, nine episodes. This is the tenth. The mushrooms are what gave us the ability or understanding that there was an afterlife, that there was a uh, something more than just what we exist in here in a materialistic, uh, you know, for, sort of way. Uh, because when man and woman were first here on the earth and had lost their memory and was at a very primitive state, what happened was is that they were just locked into their physical environment. In other words, the most important things were dealing with um, food and shelter and protection from predators and things like this. You know, so when somebody died, you know, uh, at first they just laid there. <laughs> you know, Eddie, get up, Eddie, get up. You know, Eddie didn't get up and didn't move. You know, Eddie started to stinking. So we took Eddie and put him far away, and the animals ate him, the 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 wild dogs and the, you know, hyenas and things like that ate his body. So once we started and encountered the mushrooms, and we had a chance to know that there were other levels of existence far beyond the one that we are embedded in now, Three, three-dimensional five-sense reality, once we understood that, the mushrooms and other entheogens that we encountered later, what they did was give us a ability to be able to see an ability to be able to uh, act with uh, novel beings and also ancestral beings. In other words, your mother and grandparents and other beings who had left the physical plane and are now existing on another level. So the mushrooms were the first connector to the ancestral realms that we had. Being able to traverse through different dimensions gave us the understanding of, like I said, there being more, that there were things that were outside of the normal reality of which we exist. There were creatures and those people who had left, who were in the, in the, um, uh, in the family who had left, who had died, we encountered them in those particular realms. That's one of the primary utilizations of the hallucinogens in the traditional and ancient ways of utilization of these particular things. Now, in the modern sense, we, in many cases, don't have those access points because, number one, we don't take enough. And since the mushrooms have invaded themselves or included themselves in modern times from the 1950s onward, most people who have taken them have timidly only taken small amounts. They, had, they didn't take uh, 
enough of the compounds to be able to access those realms of the ancestors because they were taking small doses for some type of medical malady or healing and things like that because Maria Sabina, who was the curandero who had the sessions with Gordon Watson and then others later on, she was not part of an ancient tradition of of, uh, mushroom uh, uh, shamanism or whatever. She was a little girl in the past just eating the mushrooms because she was hungry, and the mushrooms taught her how to utilize the mushrooms for healing because somebody in the family or in the village or in the neighborhood got sick. She was eating mushrooms and you know, she started, uh, she gave suggestions on curing and things like that. So it led her to be a curer or a medicine woman who helped people uh, by the people ingesting mushrooms, by she ingesting mushrooms, and she deal with healing. But then the people from the United States at the Gordon Watson's article in Life magazine started flooding into Oaxaca and it was to experience the mushrooms, but to get, many of them were to get a healer. And then anthropologists would come and psychiatrists and psychologists would come to look at these things to be added to their practices. You know, um, even in the 60s, you know, they were saying that, you know, uh, a psychedelic trip is worth 100, you know, uh, sessions with, your therapist, you know, so they wanted these things as medicines and the way to get grants is not to say, oh, I want to traverse the multiverse and see novel creatures and go to exotic galaxies and planets and be able to access the ancestors and things like that. No, a anthropologist who wants to study these people says that, you know, um, these are curing techniques and it's part of culture. You know, you have quaint people with colorful costumes and they have um, exotic language and stories and songs that they sing and this is a something that we need to revert uh, to to preserve for um, the sake of humanity and diversity and all these different type of things so they called it medicine so that word medicine just kind of included itself into the vocabulary of the early psychedelic um, people who were trying to not only get their grants, but being able to utilize this for their practices. So it became medicine. So most of the people that are taking psychedelics are doing it for some type of um, psychedelic, uh, uh, psychedelics for some type of trauma you know, post-traumatic stress disease, you know, uh, anxiety, dealing with uh, things like um, people who uh, may have uh, fears of certain things or certain places and things like this. So they look at it as medicine, not as an explorative tool, not as a way to access the ancestors because those things take doses that, the average person just don't do, just don't take. They are dealing with people who take, say, psilocybin or LSD or salvia or, 
um, one of the cacti and things like this, but most of a lot of it is at rave parties where you know you you are synergizing the glow sticks or the music and things like that. They're not deep travelers into the multiverse trying to contact things and entities and ancestors on the other side. Many who go into these places heavily and hard and try to deal with these types of things. The rituals that have come about in modern time, because ritual is modern. Ritual is not ancient. You went to the place eye to eye, hand to hand, mouth to ear. You didn't have this this never-weary ritual that supposedly puts you in the frame of work of contacting your ancestors and things like that. It was done through the Indians. And I don't care what African or what ancient system from Greece or from Australia or from China or whatever, they all had Indians. And the people used those Indians to have access to these different levels of existence, of power, of the way to be able to access these ancestors that have passed on. So people, you know, um, when we talk about mushrooms and we talk about ancestors, ancestors are part of us and they're part of the multiverse. The mushrooms are here for us to be able to take, to, to be able to deal with those types of things. That's why when um, I talked about the uh, the weapons, you know, when I talked about knowledge, the ancients, the old guard, would go into these places for knowledge and learning from the ancestors. If you had, uh, just like if you had a martial arts teacher, and that martial arts teacher has passed on before he gave you the secret technique, you know, like in the old 1970s, early 70s Kung Fu movie. You didn't get the last piece of the drunken monkey or you didn't get the last piece of the eagle claw and things like that. You would then be left the pot of mushrooms that your teacher left you to note, pour hot water in this tea, make it, and come visit me, and I'll show you in one night the last mm. secret technique for <laughs> the the wow. drunken monkey to be able to defeat the 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 eagle claw guy, and I'll show you the last thing from the other side. Mm. It's no different. It's no different when uh, Luke is, you know, he don't know which way to go, what to do, and then all of a sudden Obi Wan, who is now an ancestor, one who's passed on, comes out in his auric form, the form of his aura, his light body, or whatever. And say, Luke, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, you must go to the Dagobah system and find my teacher, Yoda. So he goes to the Dagobah system. He goes there looking for some tall, blonde-haired old man, old white-haired man who is knowledgeable and all that kind of stuff. But this little green lizard guy comes up and tries to take his 
uh, tries to take his food or something like that, and he eats the food and says, this ain't no doggone food, this is GMO stuff. You know, <laughs> how you get so big eating this stuff? So, of course, he studies with Yoda. Then, at a point when Yoda ain't no more, it's him and Obi-Wan from the ancestral realm communicating with Luke. And then when Darth Vader died, he's communicating with Luke from the other side because he's been turned back to the to the light side and all that kind of stuff, you know. So this is the same thing here, that if you're not a person of worth to the community and things like that, it's just like I, I, I talk about sometimes in my lectures that um, in certain places in Africa they have a black mushroom. Not the red mushroom, not the white mushroom, not the blue mushroom, not the termite mushroom, <clears throat> not the panther mushroom, because there is a panther mushroom that is a martial mushroom. Mm. It's called the Amanita pantherina mushroom. It's utilized in Japan to bring the tingutaki, which is the uh, mountain goblins, to come down and descend and teach martial arts because the Tingu Taki, uh, Tingu is the the actual being, Taki is the mushroom, and when they take the mushroom, that's how um, uh, Akito separated itself from Akijitsu. That's how Ninjitsu was was born by eating the mushrooms and becoming the the the, the dark Japanese knights called the ninja. Many different sword systems were done, and the higher-level practitioners would go to the Koryama Mountain there in Japan and eat the mushroom, and these mountain goblins, they were bird-headed with wings, humanoids, with bird feet, who would come down and teach martial arts. And in Africa, the panther mushroom would be taking taken to be able to include the panther in your genetic code to open up the martial systems inside of your genetic code, and that's where the whole black panther thing comes about. So when they said the purple uh, purple herb or whatever, yeah, well, you know, that's marble extrapolating uh, into some other stuff. You know, let's make it more, let's not make it a brown mushroom. Let's just make it, let's make it purple and shaped like a heart and all that kind of stuff. But no, the entheogens are part of the martial systems all over the world, be it Pinjats Flat, be it, uh, the Korean systems, Japanese systems, Australian systems, be it the, the uh, dealing with the Knights of the Round Table, all of that kind of stuff, it all has entheogenic connections to it. So if you want to deal with the ancestors entheogenically, it takes very high doses in the, the knowledge base of what we do of what we do in the modern time, they would be be considered high, but they're not really considered high in the ancient world because in the ancient world, you know, it was 
darkroom technology. It was uh, dosing mushrooms over a period of time. It was mega dosing at the peak of the darkness technologies to be able to move continuously into the realm of the ancestors, of which they're trying now to, uh, they're, they're calling for people to join the study. Uh, David Luke in London and others are putting together a extended DMT trip, meaning that they're going to utilize a anesthesia technique by an anesthesiologist to be able to deliver DMT to the brain at a measured dose over time. In other words, keeping it at a certain level. The DMT that's being um, put into the brain so that you will be in a DMT trip, not 15 minutes, but hours. And it could go on actually for days if, if, if that was so if that's what we wanted. But, you know, for being in a DMT trip for several hours is a challenging thing. It is a, uh, a something that would challenge a person because you're going to be locked up in there for three, four, five hours in DMT land. But we've had the technology for millions of years to be able to do that because we've had high-dose psilocybin, magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms are DMT. Regardless of what people people say, the people who are uh, the, (laughs) I don't know, I don't want to say that. The people who are in these fields and in these realms who have not taken high-dose mushrooms but only talk about that mushrooms are not as powerful as DMT at the doses that they are taking, mushrooms are not as powerful as DMT. But when you breach the 25 dry grams, mushrooms are indistinguishable from a DMT trip, only you have to be in there for two two and a half hours, three hours. Now, with this DMT, you, you're, if you're in there two or three hours, at some point if they feel like you may be having a difficult time, they can almost immediately stop the DMT to the brain because all they have to do is do whatever the anesthesiologists do. I'm not an anesthesiologist, so I don't know. Be able to, you know, uh, turn it off or turn it down, and then within 10 minutes or so, you'll start coming out. But with high-dose mushrooms, once you're in, you're in there for a couple of, two and a half hours. So <laughs> once you eat it, you're there, you're in, and you have to wait until it dissipates and goes away. So accessing the ancestors, you know, there are other compounds that we use in Africa to be able to ans- uh, uh, access the ancestors. I was talking about 
the black mushroom that is not uh, that is not the blue mushroom, but the black mushroom. The blue mushroom also has a martial component to it. All of the mushrooms, the red mushroom, how many muscaria mushrooms that were prolific in the Sahara when there were trees there prior to the Younger Dryas impacts, which created desert, and the trees got disturbed, and of course, eventually the trees went away because of the desert. But prior to that, there were Amanitas in northern and northwest and northeast Africa. That's why, you know, they were in, the, in, in places like Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon, and uh, conifer trees and things like that. When they were in the Sahara, when it, was, when, it was no, when it was green, you had those mushrooms there. But when the desert came in, they became scarce. But we, we know this because uh, in ancient Kemet, they were identified, the, the different mushrooms were identified, the Amanita muscaria, Amanita panthrina, and the psilocybe mushrooms were identified in Kemet through different sources inside of looking at metal nature, hieroglyphics, and also um, through different uh, carvings and things like that. So we knew that they had those types of mushrooms in ancient times. But the black mushroom was an interior African mushroom, and it is only taken by elders. You have to be at least like 70 years old. But since in Africa they don't have, um, well, they didn't in ancient times, they didn't have, like, you know, uh, birth certificates and, uh, things like that, you know, the census and all that kind of stuff in which they're trying to adopt all those type of things now where in ancient times you were born, you know, at the time that lightning struck the big village tree and it caught on fire, you know, that's how they knew how old you were. So you had to be a person who was a, a elder, you know, um, you know, elder, you know, an esteemed elder, part of the societies who have taken his uh taken his reins as far as his family was concerned and being part of the village of a wise man or or woman inside of the village that had contributed to the village who was an elder because every you know every old person is not an elder you know because you can just be an old dumb person that you know you ain't no elder you ain't got no wisdom you ain't talking nothing you still tr- you trying to wear Doggone kids' clothes, you know. You got to uh, look like the 1980s. You know, you 60 years old and you got your pants down and you know wearing a baseball cap sideways and all that kind of stuff. So you can just be dumb and old. That's not an elder. Elders become ancestors because you have to be an elder to be an ancestor. So this person who's had children and grandchildren and contributed to the community, it's fought for the community and given advice to the uh, adults on how to protect the village and all these different types of things. He's a contributor or she's a contributor, has been part of the, of the secret societies and all this kind of stuff. They would be the ones to, at a certain point, 
to take the black mushroom because the black mushroom actually kills you dead dead, you know, not like, um, you know, uh, a death inside of the transdimensional mushroom experience, but dead dead like dead from the three-dimensional five-sense reality. Your heart stopped beating and you're dead. And this happens for a, a few minutes. Then they put you, you take the mushroom, you die. They put you in water. They stimulate you and things like that. If you come back, then you have to make a report on what's going on in the land of the ancestors. You know, what are they doing? What me- Did they send any messages back? You know, all these different type of things. You have to give a report to the rest of the elders who have went through this particular black mushroom ceremony. And if you, they can't wake you up, you're just dead and they bury you and give you a nice big funeral. You stay, you stay there. So the black mushroom is, is you know, uh, becoming that whole ceremony or that whole thing is becoming rarer and rarer because the people now who are in their late, 60s and 70s and stuff like that are children of the 50s, the 1950s, when these type of things were switching over into uh, modernity, you know, into modern times. You know, it's just like Senegalese wrestling, what they call, um, uh, well, when I first started, they called it Lambiji. Booty, and in all the way up until even the late 60s, they had people who knew the old lum, which was dislocations, pinning, projection throws, strangulations, and things like that. But so many people were getting killed that they switched it over to modern modern times and had taking all those things out. It's no different than the difference between old jujitsu and judo because judo took all of the dangerous techniques out of the jujitsu and made it judo. It went from jujitsu to judo and they took all the dangerous stuff out, supposedly. So when you see things like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and things like that, that is, they named it Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, but it is actually judo that Helio Gracie and his brother learned from the Japanese guy who came to Brazil. It was judo that he was. He wasn't a Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. He was a judo practitioner. So it's basically judo that was was practiced, and it's the same thing with the Lambiji and the Buddha. They took all of the dangerous techniques out and made it a modern sport. But up until the 60s, there were still the old men who knew and who had competed in the old form of the martial arts. So no different than people who were blacksmiths in the village, people who were healers in the village, all of these different type of things. The young people wanted to go to the city 
make money and get a Mercedes and then eventually come to, according to what your language was, if you were French, you wanted to get to Paris because that was heaven on earth. If you were, if you spoke English, you wanted to get to Great Britain because that was heaven on earth, um, so on and so forth, according to, you know, uh, what you were, what the area was colonized by. That's where the younger Africans wanted to get to. They wanted to get to Portugal, you know, if they were in Angola and whatever it was, they wanted to get to those places. So the mushrooms, the mushroom families, you know, with the Fang people and others, there was also the Iboga, which was in Gabon, the Bwiti. But it goes back further than the Bwiti. It goes back into the old Congo system of where the Abba or the Abattoir or the Bambuli, these people who were the short people were the ones who had the Iboga. And the Iboga was to contact the ancestors, to be able to go into the realm of the ancestors so that the people in the village would know that their ancestors were still alive and were doing well in the ancestral realms, having a good time, having food and things like that, that were uh, they were able to go and see face to face, go and see my mother, go and see my father, go and see my grandmother, my grandfather. Have them introduce you to their fathers if you never saw them and introduce you to their father's fathers that when you came to the ancestral village, they would come out and greet you, just like when um, back in the 80s when we would go to uh, West Africa and we would go to for our martial tours that we were having in Africa, we would go to villages that weren't normally villages that people would go to. You know, people would go to Ghana and things like that, and they'll go to Accra, and they'll visit Kumasi for a day. But they're basically in Accra, and they're in the Novotel, and they're in the, the Hilton and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they, you might as well be in New York or St. Louis or Wherever, if you're going to go someplace and be in the doggone hotel with air conditioning and drinking martinis and sitting around the pool and all that kind of stuff, and then during the day you go out and see little sights and uh, you're, not staying with the, you're not staying with the people. You're not out in the village. You're not out in the bush. You're in a bus, an air-conditioned bus, looking out the window at the people. So when we would go, we would be in the village, out from the cities with the people. You want to go in, you get in the Lowry bus and, you know, people with chickens and goats and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, you're packed in there and, you know, you ain't riding on you ain't riding on this big monster bus with the toilet and everything in there. You know, if you're going somewhere far, they'll make a stop and you go over to the side of the road and, and pee in the you know, pee in the bushes or pee in the grass. This is where you would be with the people. And the thing about African villages are that many of them who still adhere 
to the old ways. Even the even the villages that are Muslim, you know, you would go to 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 the Muslim villages, and the, many of the women would be bare-breasted, and many of the women um, would be dancing, you know, the traditional dances and things like that, and they still had the still had the masquerades and the ancestor the ancestors and things like that. So, you know, if you're in Darmusti or going to if you're in in um, uh, Senegal and you're going to Tuba, you know, the Muslims there are not the same Muslims that you that you would see going to Hajj at, you know, and making their seven circuits around the Kaaba, you know. It was Amadou Bamba, you know, and Tuba, the, the Grand Mosque, and you know they do the pilgrimage there to Tuba, just like the other Muslims do the pilgrimage to Mecca. So those who adhere to the old ways, African villages are fractal. Inside of the village, you have an ancestral altar. And inside of the ancestral altar, there is a little exact copy of the village that you stay in, the regular village. You know, if it got uh, the the mosque, or if it's got a the 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 goat shed and the drum house and all that kind of stuff, it'll be made inside of that ancestral altar in exact miniature of the regular village, the macro village that you're living in. You'll have all the houses and things like that in that little village in the ancestral house. And what they say is, inside of the ancestral house where you have the little village, in the exact spot that you have the ancestral house in the little, uh, uh, I mean, in the, the, the ancestral house where you have the ancestral house that you're before, there's a little ancestral house inside of that makeup of the village that's a miniature, it has the same ancestral house in that that has all of the same pieces, all the same houses, the drum house, the goat the place where the goats be, and all that kind of stuff, they have it inside of that. But then, inside of that little village, in the exact same spot, you have the ancestral altar, and it goes all the way down into the quantum realms, and then this village is where the ancestors live, and that's where they go and pour the libations, and that's where they give the food. And while you're giving the food to the ancestors and pouring the libations, inside of the little house, there's a little spirit of the village, that is the macro village, and you all are inside of that, pouring the libations to that. And then when you get down so far, you can meet the ancestors inside of the, inside of the spiritual altar. So the spiritual altar is a fractal system that goes all the way down into the quantum realms. That's why even the women... The way they braid, the way they braid the hair, where it's fat at the top and it goes all the way down, to where it's little at the end, 
those braids go all the way down into the subatomic realms. They're invisible, but they hook into the subatomic realms all the way down. That's why when I don't even know if I'm going to get into this because people will be calling me, stuff like that. They take. Give it to them. Give when it to them. When you're. When you're. Uh, <laughs> they do, do, when. If you're. you're um, they would braid. When their mother passed, they would braid some of their mother's hair and their grandmother's hair into their braids. And then when. She not, she passed on to the land of her ancestors. The daughters would take braided hair from their grand from their grandmother and their mother and braid it into their hair. And all down the line, that you always the women always had hair from their ancestors, from their mothers and great grandmothers, great great grandmothers, great great grandmothers, things like that. They would braid that into the hair, and that's what the braids was. And they answered the female ancestral line, the mitochondrial DNA line, braided and connected all the way into the subatomic realms to where they had the connection in their head of the ancestors. This is when the system. This was when the system from the different families was was one. You know, that's like when the the Yoruba say the Ori. The ori, the head, the orisha, the orisha is not an external thing. The orisha lives in your head, and they call they call it something different in some place else, but they did it in different places because many times uh, uh, you had different family groups, you know, that danced different, that ate different food, that put themselves in certain environments so that they could be able to connect. More readily with their ancestors, but the old, the old people, the old deep people, just like the the what anthropologists call the black medicine. In different languages, you have it, you call it different, but there's a there's a black orifice, orbitally rearranged monatomic elements. It is a black powder of which. They brought here from Faye or wherever they came from, they had their own black powder. And there's a red powder also, and there's a white powder, and there's ash of which they brought from different solar systems to be able to have quantum connections with those planets so that they could communicate with the ancestors from different solar systems. And so I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'll just say from one. They brought that black medicine from those different solar systems and brought it here. And what they do is they take some of the original black powder. They have the formula how to make it. They make it and they put the black powder in the new powder, and that synergizes it so that it's the same thing. And they've been doing that for millions of years putting that black powder in the new. And that's the powder that they use inside of the cuts that they had so that each person was connected to the ancestors so that they could call upon the ancestors 
and make the connection because they had the connection of the original black powder. And the original black powder are those beings that lived in other solar systems, and part of it was their bodies burnt in the fire, cremated. And that ash was mixed with other herbs and other powders and medicine and sacrifices or all that kind of stuff, and they brought it with them here so that you're actually putting inside of your bloodstream a higher connection of the ancestors from a different solar system. So that's why when you see those cuts from the from the old African National Geographic stuff, when they had the, the, the deep starification, when they had these symbols and things cut into the body, or they put the little cuts that are bubbles, that, that keloid up, and they are, um, you know, all over the body, the women on the breast and on the, on the arms and things like that. They use all that stuff for um, the women were taught how to use those things sexually to please a man, those bubbles, rubbing them along the penis and rubbing it along his neck or something like that. And the same with the man, utilizing those different scars to be able to, um, you know, have, you know, a, a higher form of pleasure. But it was also sentient. It was an artificial intelligent powder, like smart dust that they're talking about now. It's the same thing. Michael Jackson, in Remember the Time, when Iman and Eddie Murphy were sitting on the throne as the, you know, Pharaoh and Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you know, whatever, uh, Lady Pharaoh and all that kind of stuff. I know it's the suit bitty and the, uh, the other one I can't think of right now, but I know what it is. But I'm, I'm saying it for everybody so they know what I'm talking about. The Pharaoh and the, the, the Lady Pharaoh as Eddie Murphy and Iman. Mike, all the magicians came out and, you know, one was juggling off with his head, another one came out with a duck or something like that. You know, you remember, if you haven't seen it, you can go on uh, YouTube and see it. Remember the time. Michael Jackson came out and threw this black powder on the floor. That's what they were talking, that's what he was, that, that they were showing. I don't know who showed it to him or the reason why they knew to be able to do that, but that's the black powder we're talking about. It is the bodies of aliens burnt down to charcoal with the other herbs and secret secret um, plants and fungi put in it. Part of it is mushroom spores inside of this black powder. So it goes into the bloodstream and things like that. So it's synergized into the old, the old world, the old... Uh, systems of knowledge, the artificial intelligence, where you talk to this powder, they they would take the powder and put it in your hand and tap the side of your hand. It was so fine, it was like the 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 Ormus that they had back in the the early nineties and things like that, where you would they would take and put a pile of it like a cone in your hand and tap the side of your hand, and it was so fine, it would. You would see it going smaller and smaller and smaller Going inside of the body Much of it was war medicine You put that medicine in the bloodstream And you call the song And The hand becomes a serpent 
or it becomes the the claw of a falcon or the foot of the Nile crocodile or the beak of the crane and things like that. And you call its name and it manifests inside of the arm and is used martially because you had all of the different animal systems that uh, were in the areas of Africa that was part of the fighting systems. The black panther, the panther, that before you see it, you're already dead. There's another little cat about the size of a, twice the size of a, of a, um, of a uh, house cat. And this cat is so fast that once you, once you see it and you blink, by the time you open your eyes, it's no longer there. It's already on your neck, suffocating you. And we would go out with the hunters and things like that. And my teacher, he would go out, and they would be hunting like the calibus monkey and things like that at moonless nights out with them hunters and things like that or go to the water hole, you know, these were this these were just just stories to me of what they were, what they did when they were young, which was like the the thirties and stuff like that. You know, they would go out at night to the water hole, and all the animals would be out there. And the chief of the the, the chief of the baboons would be talking to the chief of the leopards, and the chief of the leopards would be talking to the, uh, the the chief of the chimpanzees and things like that, and they would all be around the watering hole. And the chief of men would be out there talking to the different animals and things like that, and they would all have meetings out there at night. And if there was a problem, they would have, they would have battle, you know. And even in my time, when we go out deep into the village and things like that, and when they get there and they welcome you into the village and stuff like that, and you got to drink, you know, the, the, the village drink, which is like milk straight out the cow with some herbs in it. You know, milk comes smoking out the, out the cow titty, and they bring you, bring you a big glass, and you're like, hmm, boy, this sure is great, because you can't insult people and stuff like that. But they go out and tell the animals that we have strangers in the village and not to eat them. And then they tell you where to go. They say, don't get off this path. You know, you come out, you pee over there, but don't go over there. Because if you go over there, you're dead as Abraham Lincoln. Stay on this side. Don't go off the path. Walk this way. As a matter of fact, when it gets dark, close the door and y'all lay down and go to sleep. Because that's all you can do anyway, because ain't no lights out there. So the communion with ancestors, you know, when my teacher passed, I spent three moonless nights in the ground in the crypt with him and him giving me the last teaching that he was going to give me on earth before he passed on fully into the land of the ancestors. Dark, no moon, by yourself, in the ground, in the crypt, with them. Mm. So 
but commitment to the so the commitment to the high dose ain't this play thing where you got I you know you got knowledge from reading the book and now you on you know you on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and you trying to tell somebody something about what you know and you don't know a damn thing you just read you just read a book and you think you know no and then you can arrogantly say what's real and what ain't real. You don't know what's real and ain't what real, what's, what is real. Spend three nights with a dead person in the crypt with them down in the dark underground mm. and tell me what's real and what ain't real. Tell me what death <laughs> is and what, what death ain't. Mm. So the ancestors... You access the ancestors through high-dose hallucinogens, psychedelics, entheogens. You take your mama's picture, you don't have to, but that's just something that would be part of what you want to personally ritualize if you want to. You know, because like I said, the ritual without the entheogens ain't just... It's sterile, just like yoga without soma. It's sterile, just like martial arts without your power practice. It's sterile. You have the trappings of it, but you don't have access to true power. You don't have access to true knowledge. You don't access to be able to call the ancestors in your blood to be able to get the ones that you miss. Why are you get why are you walking and the bullet comes and all of a sudden you bend down to tie your shoe and the bullet passes you by. Or you're walking out there and you slip and somebody swung a bat at your head. That's all the ancestors. They ain't gonna do it for you. They give you a nudge a fraction of an inch here, an inch there and things like that because they are here with us because they live within us and they are also in our environment and we pour the libations, call their names. I set up excursions to the ancestors all the time on high dose. And yes, I believe in physical immortality. The reason why we're not on Mount Immortal, the reason why we die, is because we say that's what we're going to do. Mm. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing in life set but taxes and death. You got to die. You know, every everything you heard about death since you since you were, you know, older people talking about it is, well, you got to die. And then eventually you say, yeah, well, one day you got to die. You don't have to die. They got they put <laughs> they put stuff together now with longevity, and I mean you know immortal in the sense of longevity, not immortal in the sense of forever and ever and ever and ever and ever eternity, you know because you know even beings who are technologically greater uh, have greater advancement, you know who may live 
70,000 years or 100,000 years or a million years, you know, that's still you, you ultimately and eventually die. Then you have people who never lose consciousness and move on to the next realm. They have those Buddhists that that, uh, that uh, hold on to consciousness. And you have those people who were old that were Lakota or Hopi or whatever. The old person would go out and things like that and just go off into the next realm. Then you had that in Africa also. Maladoma Somme talks about it in Water and Spirit. And it talks about also reanimation of the dead bodies where the chief died outside the village and they went and reanimated him and walked him back to the village where he could uh, leave his spirit because he had to leave the spirit in the village. One reason why we don't have any knowledge, any power in the house, because we talked about houses, if you remember, the house of Windsor, the house of Frazier, the house of Grobda, the house of the Medicis, the house of Iyi, is because you don't have any gates in your house because you've given that away. As a matter of fact, they took it because you don't have nobody born in your house. When a baby is born in the house, they come through and leave a portal in the house. And when grandma die in the house, she puts the other end of the portal in the house. So you have life and death existing in the house. That's why you have ancestral houses. That's why you have the houses where people have died and people have been born. You have laughter. You have the sound of babies. You have have the sounds of babies in the house, the ancestors hear that. They hear the sounds of new babies in the house and things like that. But we don't have people born in the house because the doctors took that away to make money. You don't have people die in the house because the funeral home people, the morticians, took that away. They used to bury people. I mean, they used to um, have the funeral in the wake in the living room and the people are you know, you see, they sit out in the house, and people come through the house and view the body and all that kind of stuff. Then when you get finished, they bury you under the front porch. Hmm. So you come out in the morning, and you pour libations right out the front door, or they're on the side of, the, or they're on the west side of the house. It didn't end with Kemet. You bury people on the west side of the house, the West Bank, hmm. the line, the side of the Nile that's the land of the dead. Same thing, the west side of the house. That's where your little little graveyard is. We go out and pour libation to grandma and great-grandpa and the rest of them, and everybody at the same spot. That's why they pushing, push, pushed you from your power. But there's ways to regain it, but we want to uh, we'll be modern. That's what I'm talking about, the organic singularity, accessing the power of the ancestors. They have the knowledge. We have a way to contact them, to be able to connect with them. I think I told the story about the drum, the djembe drum. You know, you get guff for 
saying it and stuff like that. Women ain't supposed to play that drum, but women get angry because we're supposed to be able to do everything a man can do. You got problem with men because, number one, you didn't have too many men in your life, and you're not women. You're females. You can't take that away because that's something that's there. And what happens then is that men don't become men because that's all a construct. Man and woman is a construct. That changes over time, over millennia. But male and female, those are divine principles. And the man, male principle and the female, female principle are the standards of life. Now, you put all anything else in between that you want to put, but you can't get rid of that. And as I said before, I think last week when I talked about sperm wars, when you argue with a woman, you ain't arguing with the woman, you arguing with the last man she was with. Ooh, because that semen goes into the DNA, as I said before. That's why the doggone babies, you can have a second husband and have a baby that looks like the first husband because he didn't include his DNA into the woman. And you argue with him. You argue with his quantum mechanics. If women knew half the responsibility they had, it wasn't because that nobody was perpetuating nothing on them. All that toxic masculinity and all that patriarchy and stuff like that, that's all the Catholic Church. That wasn't no place else. That's all that Catholic Church stuff. The homosexual wizard. Rome. Look at dog old Ben Hur. Not the new Ben Hur, the old Ben Hur. The old Ben Hur is when they took Ben Hur and put him on the ship, he saved the Roman. And the Roman adopts him, gives him a new name as his son. Now, they used Charlton Heston because he didn't have no son already. The, 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 the whole wizard thing with this is that that's how they jumped body to body through time. It is through delivering the semen into the person and becoming the new body. It's the same thing that they had in the X Men, um, uh, the X Men movie Apocalypse. Apocalypse was jumping bodies, time. It was in Stargate, where the guy that they called Ra had all them children around him. That was. That's the same thing. That's the same thing the Catholic Church doing. The little acolytes. He was. He, he said, Ra was jumping bodies because the human form was so easy to fix and get into. You taking the you taking the information from the hard drive and putting it in another computer. When you take when your phone is old. 
you got the Samsung 7. They just came out with the Samsung 10S. When you go to Sprint or when you go to Verizon with the old phone, they take the new phone out. It ain't got nothing in it. And they go to the cloud, and they take all the information from your Samsung 7, your pictures, your your, your different um, uh, uh, programs that you have in there. You may have Snapchat and all that kind of stuff, and they take it, and they put all the information from the Samsung 7 into the new Samsung 10 S Plus. You throw the old 7 away, or they take it and scavenge parts out of it, or you take it and put it in the drawer. It's still there, but it don't work because it ain't got it ain't got no internet and stuff on the chip. I mean, it ain't got no phone information on the chip. You can still use it on the internet. But what they would do was they would take when they got old, and they would take a young boy and adopt him, and give all of his property, all of his money. everything to the young boy, they would download that semen into the young boy, they would die and resurrect the quantum energy from that semen into, uh, uh, from the boy. The boy is the the Samsung 10S Plus, and the old man is the Samsung 7. So he puts his consciousness into the young boy. That's the Catholic sorcery. So how do you access the ancestors? It's through the hallucinogens. Mushrooms can do it. Iboga can do it. Ayahuasca can do it because it's DMT too. If you can get enough in you, instead of these tourist dose, doses that people go from, you know, um, Oregon to Peru and drink a tourist dose of ayahuasca, grandmother ayahuasca, as they say, hmm. and sit around around the campfire and sing songs. But you have to talk to some of the people who make their own ayahuasca and drink it and and drink a lot of it. <laughs> and they and they fight aliens and uh, uh, demons and you know communing with the gods and all that. And you know, other than you know, okay, I took some ayahuasca. I saw a jaguar and a snake in the jungle and some pretty colors, and now I feel better. I'm not as confused as I used to be. My anxiety is gone. I'm healed from my trauma of when I was a little kid. And, you know, uh, Johnny Simpson from across the street hit me in the head with a baseball bat and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You got to take this stuff at high dose. And they're not doing it and they're not suggesting it because, number one, they're the the ones who are the experts in the field are not doing it. They're thinking the funk. And then when they see me, oh, Kalindi is extreme. No, Kalindi wants to know. It ain't fun. 
you know, well, I had a bad time. I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't pleasant. It's not supposed to be pleasant. Grow up. You're a grown-ass man. What you talking about? I didn't have no fun on this trip. Fun? What the hell are you talking about? Fun. This ain't fun. It ain't for the, It ain't for fun. If you're looking for fun, don't do this. If you're looking for hard work, if you're looking for something that will build a fiber in your spirit that you can face anything, laugh in the face of death, then this is what you got to do. It's practicing death. DMT is practicing death. On high doses of mushrooms, I died every which way there is to die. I don't even know if there's another way to die. I've been smothered, crushed, cut, dropped off of buildings, dropped off of cliffs, all these different types of things. And I end up saying, damn, I'm still, I can still talk. So, shoot, what they can throw at me that I, <laughs> I can still talk and think and I can see out this right eye, you know. Why can I see out the right eye? Because the left one was plucked out. I had to put another one in. <laughs> Tree fall on you, struck by lightning, dropped from uh, dropped from a plane, slipped in the bathtub, run over by a truck, a car, a motorcycle, five or six hundred people running out to, out the stadium, but never died because you can't die. That's one of the things that Empty's didn't show you. The only thing impossible in the multiverse is if you are a soul. That is manifesting as spirits. The only thing impossible is for you to die, because you were never born. I'm trying to explain to this boy on Facebook, he trying to tell me he's 22 years old, trying to tell me about God. Say what? <laughs> I saw you know, and he said he ain't. He was he was raised a Buddhist. He ain't no Christian, but he's trying to tell me about God. I said, you're a Christian. It's all all of them Christian. It's all the same thing. It's all the same system. You got God at the top. You got some angels or some type of beings that are demigod. Then you got the whole hierarchy of, of uh, three-dimensional process life. You know, you got your elders. You got your adults. You got your uh, children. And you got your unborn coming into the world. Coming in one side, going out the other side. Now, you can call it what you want, but it's still the same thing. Something's bigger than me. I'm a little nothing. I'm part of this great thing that's all connected to everything else. No, it ain't all connected to everything else. You got standalone systems that ain't got nothing to do with what's going on here. Not connected to nothing, period. It's so deep. It's so vast. It's so powerful. It's so knowledgeable that you can't get a handle on it. But... Even though I don't know what is, but I know what it ain't, and it ain't what these people are talking about. I'm in the I'm in the search room like everybody else. That's real. I don't know where I come from. 
you have to fight people. We come from the stars. Yeah, okay. You came from the stars, but where the stars come from? And when you find out where the stars came from, where does that come from? And on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Well, I come from my mother. That's all I know. No, you didn't come from your mother. You came through your mother. Don't mistake the oven and then women and their arrogance being the oven. Don't mistake being the oven with the person baking the biscuits that's uh, putting the, the milk in the flour and stirring it. And don't confuse the person that's putting the milk and flour, stirring it with the person who put the seed in the ground and got the flour out who was milking the cow. They got the milk to be able to put it in the biscuits, to be able to put it in the oven. You're the oven. You ain't the biscuit maker. You ain't the, the farmer. You ain't the raindrop that makes the wheat grow. You ain't the sun that gives light to the wheat. You ain't the energy in the core of the sun. So what do we so what do we do? It's a mystery. Where we come from, what we are, where we going, how we get there. All this is a, a grand mystery. It's the only thing going. And all the other stuff is temporary. Trump and if the media hit the earth, can we all get blowed up? We all get blown up by atomic detonations and war. We just be someplace else standing around talking about what happened. Last thing I know, I seen a flash, and we all standing here naked. <laughs> so yes, high dose entheogens give you a connection to the realm of the ancestors. It gives you the ability to travel through time, to be able to access different points in time in the past and the future. Brother was saying about the quantum computer going back in time. It went back uh, probably a, a billionth of a second or something like that, uh, a nanosecond. <laughs> but that shows that it can be done, but we know it can be done anyway. They did it several times with the Large Hadron Collider. That's why all this Mandela, all the Mandela effect stuff happened. It made it, it put a glitch in the matrix. It put a deja vu in your head. So did the world uh, cease? December 31st, 2012. And you flipped in a femtosecond to an alternate reality so that it was so fast, it was seamless. They did a, they did a, a dark city on you. Came in here and shifted all this stuff around, repaired, tightened some screws, Pulled the hard drive out, blew it with some of that uh, some of that cold air, stuck the hard drive back in where everybody sleep. You know, okay, Charlie, uh, turn it back on. 
flip the switch and you think you're in the same world you was in before. Don't take this stuff for granted. Don't take it for granted that things are working the way you think. Cause it ain't. It's that what's the, what's the name of that book? Everything you everything you everything you thought you knew was wrong. And I got a book at the house. I can't find it right now, but the book is a book I've had for years and years and years. I never read it, and it's an old white guy on it. And the book say the the book the title says, "Hell, I was there." <laughs> and I got to read it, you know, because I use it as a metaphor. Hell, I was there. So, yes, you got to, it ain't a free ride. Yes, you got to weave your way to the realm of ancestors. We got maps. But we didn't put the map in the transdimensional crystals, nor in the Yiming Zoo. We may transfer the map from the Palantia crystal ball that we will be receiving in April and broadcast the map to those who have the transdimensional crystals and the Yiming Zoo. But you got to do some of the work yourself. You got to go in hard and deep. And you got to have the right desire. And you have to push through the gates of the Duat. Well, the Gods of Egypt, that movie, the weighing of your heart against the feather. I just started um, looking at the series um, American Gods. American Gods? Yeah, American Gods, where Jehudi is weighing the hearts of people against the feather of truth. And then saying, pick a door, you know. But, yes, that, that feather against your heart, the stuff you did and all that. Being regurgitated back into the three-dimensional five-sense reality. And all the elder beings sitting around on their chairs. That chair thing is deep too. The 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 stool, the chair, the throne. And Marvel, they always depict him before he got in the uh, he got in before he got in the Avengers behind Thanos sitting out in space in the chair. They sit out there in the chairs unless they uh, unless they like them gin, and they sit on carpets. You got your house, 
and you got your cheer. That's why, look at the cheer or look at the square of Wazir or Ansar or Osiris. The cheer is the house. It's a square. The fourth part of the circle. Circle circumscribes your existence inside of the sphere because you're living in a bubble, a bubble of unlimited possibilities. It ain't nothing outside of that bubble because you create reality femtosecond to femtosecond inside of that bubble. That's why in space you can go out this far and see variety of different things forever because you're creating it as you go. Now you have sentient malevolent programs, parasites floating in nothing outside of that bubble that can be encountered. But there ain't nothing. If you stick to your gun, stand up and look at what is out here and face it. From old literature that they reprinted, that they rewrote. That's why you, why you think in the Bible you got to put some sensible stuff in there. Why do you think in the Bible they said, don't give them the fruit of the tree of knowledge? Oh, shit, you gave it to them. Now they know. Game over. Keep them from the tree of immortality because then they'll be like one of us. You already, you don't want to be like one of them. You're older than them. You're more powerful than them. That's why, they, that's why they, once you get deep into the multiverse, that's why they run from you. Walking through darkness and they scurrying into holes. Want to try to give, make you give over your power. The power that you don't even know you have. I fell so long... It was a million years falling. And when I hit the ground and they came up out of the ground and they said, we'll give you everything. We'll give you money. We'll give you women. We'll give you power. We'll give you anything that you want if you but kneel. I said, well, Holmes, I'm going to handle this myself. (laughs) <laughs> I know what I got You know what I got And I'm not going to give it up For A little bit of money A little bit about What you think I think power would be I've had Women who love me And women who still love me I have money. I'd like to have more. But if I don't have more, it don't it don't matter what I'm gonna get more. 
What am I have more? What? I like that 70-inch TV, 72-inch TV in my bedroom. But, shoot, I got a 50-inch TV in the living room. What difference do it make that I have a 72-inch television in my, in my bedroom? What am I get? Another car? I'd like to have a Tesla. Me too. And if I wanted one, I could get. And if I wanted one, <laughs> and, I, and I could get one if I wanted to. But I can't, I got a car sitting in the driveway. I can't drive but one of them at a time. And whether I go in the Tesla or whether I go in the old uh, Nissan or Volvo or whatever it is, I'm still gonna ride and get there. I'm children. Grandchildren, great grandchildren. What you gonna offer me at this point in time that I'm gonna give over my soul for? I ain't shutting up. Ain't gotta shut up. <laughs> I'm saying what I, I'm saying. What I want to say. I'm saying what I want to say. What you gonna do? Nothing you can do. If they was coming, they have come. But the things they send, when you get out there, they shrink away. So I verified it for myself who I am and what I can do. And people speak to start doing that for themselves. I can't do it for you. Ain't no magic pill. Ain't no wisdom that I can impart that is going to help you. All I can say is take, them, take it. Don't be scared even though you're scared, because true courage is in the midst of fear still stepping forward. Okay, I don't know what's down this hole, but I'm going to keep stepping forward and I'm going to keep going. And anything come that ain't acting right, I'm going to start swinging and I'm going to keep stepping, I'm going to keep moving forward, and I'm going to keep swinging. Like I told told everybody on the way out of the ninth session that we had, I said I'm from the Grandma Clump School of Martial Arts. Walk on over, Cletus, but you're going to limp back. <laughs> Walk over, you're going to limp back. We got a chance to we got a, ch- a chance to make this thing right for the family, and you ain't gonna boat your way into it. Or out of it, you ain't gonna pray your way into it. Or out of it, you got to stand up and do it yourself. We're already the AI is exponentiating itself. We already have artificial general intelligence. That's artificial general intelligence through the blockchain. We got specific AI intelligences like a chess program, a Jeopardy program, a car program, a this program, or that program in artificial intelligence. And with the, the blockchain and the speed of the new technology, if you want to play chess, it can play chess. But when somebody says you want to do this, it can do that because at the speed of light, it can insert that narrow AI into the slot to be able to do anything. Next, 
manifestation into the areas of our existence is artificial superintelligence. And superintelligence is you can't turn it off. You can't outthink it. In your present mind, it can build from the virtual realms. It can influence neural pathways. So it's here. And if we don't move forward into this next phase of what we are becoming, the transhuman human phase, and it can transhuman phase can last just like the exponentiation of the artificial intelligence phase. It can last a nanosecond. And a nanosecond mm-hmm. may be too slow. Once we hit a tipping point and in a femtosecond, we are the superman, the superwoman, the super entity. And I'm talking about cosmic, galactic, infraparticle, below the Planck length things, unbound, Prometheus unbound, stole in the fire of the multiverse be able to go anywhere without moving, without going anyplace. That's why most of the super intelligences, you don't see them because they don't go no place. They just sit and experience everything all at the same time without going no place. When I come and visit some knuckleheads down here, now there are lower, uh, 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 mid-level entities that use the the crafts and stuff like that to fly around and to pop in and out of dimensions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they do that, but the craft is your consciousness. Being able to access every point, every place, in all space and time, all at the same time, to be able to experience everything all at the same time. And then understand that there are things beyond and past that, older systems that are older than time, older than this universe, older than the concepts of which we build reality on. And we have the the ability to be able to 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 move into and through these things, to be able to move with, to be able to access unimaginable scenarios and places of power and things like this. Be able to hang out with the the be able to hang out with the real folks. Hmm. And our ancestors being us right along with us. And they're experiencing inside of your experience. Some and many are 
actualizing what they believe reality to be. You got some folks sitting up in heaven on the side of Jesus, singing, drinking milk and honey, and God sitting up as a big light bulb with hair and all that stuff, and they singing, holy, 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 and God, you great. But that get born real quick. Like damn, we've been we've been, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand years sitting there singing holy, 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 you know, and white standing on clouds, holy, 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 holy. I'm tired of holy, 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 you know. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Let's let's move this curtain back and see the man behind the curtain. They sitting back drinking Hennessy and and laughing and, you know, looking at the football game and stuff like that. And these folks standing out there before the throne singing holy, holy, holy and drinking milk and honey. Until that fades away. And they're stuck out there in the dark talking about what's heck going on. You know, okay, where I'm at, so the realm... Of the ancestors, the realms of the ancestors are the realms of possibility that we can access and project our memories of those who we love and care about into those places as they project their spirits to meet us there. My wife, who passed, we had a place that we would meet in entheogenically while traveling together in the same bed on high doses of mushrooms. 25, she take 25, I 20, take 25, and we go to our spot. We built it. piece by piece. And so now when I go and I take the 25 grams, that is our specific time and our place, just like we laid in the bed and took the 25 grams and went to that place. I go to that place and she's there. And we sit down and we talk and we laugh and we uh, cloak one another. And it's our time in our spot that we made in the multiverse that is our spot, that there's no other way to access this other than me and her. And we can bring to it or let it be the way we want it to be. So you build places for those who are with you in time that you can't get with that you can't get get with anybody else. And the elders in the spirit realm told me that you know, if you want to see her, go to your spot. We don't know where it's at. 
because it's your spot. Y'all don't want to know how to get there. You say, yes, she's passed. And yes, it don't make up in the regular world for being able to call on the phone or uh, go to the grocery store together or look at a movie and things like that. But we got our spot. And there's no way that I could, if I wanted to, get away from her or she get away from me. They told me, they said to me, they said, you can't get, you can't lose this woman or get away from this woman. That no matter how far you went, no matter what you went through, no matter, she ain't going nowhere. And I'm not going anywhere and leave and desert her. And although we get together in the multiverse, well, I'm not even going into that. The other thing is that I could say, but you have to do it yourself. I guess you're gonna have to. Um, I guess it. you're gonna have to come up with that. I guess you're gonna have to come up with that relationship class you were telling me about because a lot of us are so splintered. And single, you know, out here, like you said, looking for uh, the fast life and what I call thinking short term, we're not even coming through with that type of um, visionary process um, when we think about uh, real, real long-term relationships, like how they trying to program us now or put the glitch in the matrix is, you know, five years is is a long-term relationship or, you know, 10 years, somebody hit 50 years or or extending past death. Like what you just got from this thing is all prepared a place, you know, for both of y'all to be ancestors and still, still spend time together into eternity. You know what I'm saying? That's a real place, not no, you know, uh, white Jesus with, what you said singing holy, 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 like people's minds ain't even really programmed, programming, being programmed that way right now. So, yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have it's to get a, you in it's that. It's about uh, recognizing, yeah, it's about recognizing family and who who they are, and understanding that, you know, you you can't get away from each other. Your your family, you're moving <laughs> through this thing together, you know. You know, sometimes you'd be leaving out of you'd be leaving out of places and pushing your family through the door. You know, okay, you go ahead, go ahead. Next one, get up, get up there, and get, you know, get to the door and hold this person's hand and don't lose them on the way to the next spot and all that kind of stuff. You know, and you stand there trying to make sure that everybody get through. Hmm. It's a it's a rare understanding, you know, and we have to go ahead and be courageous in getting these mushrooms, learn learn how to grow them, setting up your time to be able to do them at the dosages you want to do it, and having enough to be able to do um, the trips and things that you want to do, because that's why the mushrooms 
are here because we sent them here ahead of time. The formulas to be able to propagate and perpetuate them have been decoded. So we have our mushrooms like we have our car. We want to go to Chicago, we get in the car. You know, once you got people who, you know, you got you got people, you know, you get in the car and drive to Chicago. You know, you got people, well, I'm sensitive. I don't need mushrooms. You know, I don't need a crutch and, you know, those type of things. No, this is what, this is what they're for. This ain't no crutch. This ain't unnatural. It ain't going against your uh, sensibilities of what you think you are and who you think you are. This is how you do it. You get on the train or you get in the car, you get on the airplane, and you go to Chicago. You don't say, well, I'm, I'm naturally a traveler, and I'm going to just sit here and be in Chicago because I vibed up on it. No, we made cars, so there we go, Chicago. Same thing with the mushrooms. Mushrooms are here, but when you want to travel and things like that, you go to the freezer, you get some mushrooms, you prepare yourself by eating them and lay down in the bed in the dark. And if you have the purity of concentration or the familiarity with being able to stick to where you want to go, the mushrooms will drag you along into the realm of the ancestors or wherever you want to go. <laughs> hold on one so, time. Hold on, Bob. I got to make this announcement. Hold on to make this announcement. Don't hang up, everybody. The call-in number is 917-889-3803. If you hang up, you will not touch the very end of the show. You will not be able to call back in. Do not get not hung up. And if you do get knocked off, don't call me. Talking about call you on three-way. You have to catch the rest of this on the replay. So if you're on the line right now, you're in. If you need to uh, ask a comment, question, or feedback, go ahead and press 1 so we can get you in line now. But do not hang up because you will be able to hear it on the computer. If you're on the computer, please call in 917-889-3803. Go ahead, Barbara. Okay. Is, it, is it 10 o'clock already? Is it 10, 10 o'clock already? <laughs> I know you don't mess with the cannabis, but sometimes the time fly by so fast for you. I said, man, he must got at least one of them old 1969 pen joints over there because you just be flowing and you just think it's like 20 minutes. But, yeah, it's 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 it's, 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 it's 10 o'clock. Well, I mean, I I, I use the, the, the cannabis oil, and, um, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I – and that dog on cannabis oil or them edibles and stuff like that, it gets you too. I was shoot. I don't know if I said this during the first one or whatever, but I had some cannabis oil that sister had, had given me, and you know, um, she said take a take a quarter of a teaspoon of this oil because it's powerful. And I'm saying, well, I, yeah, I'll, you know, I left it in the refrigerator for a few days because I was using it for my my. Um, uh, uh, Wrists and pain management on my on my leg because I hurt fell uh, and hurt my leg. So I went up and got a tablespoon. I just took a big heaping tablespoon and ate it, and forgot I did eat it, and it didn't kick in right away. You know, like okay, well, twenty minutes I should be feeling something. Hour should be feeling something. So I just forgot I'd done it, and I rode somewhere to somebody's house or something, talk stuff like that. When I'm coming back. 
I'm riding on the freeway, but I'm doing like 15 miles an hour. I'm saying, <laughs> why is these people? Why is these people? It took me like two hours to get home, and it's only like 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm riding down the freeway. It's lucky I didn't run into the state police or, or something. And I'm riding down the freeway doing about 15 miles an hour. People blowing at me. I'm like, what are all these people blowing at me and driving so fast for? Because I'm, you know, I, I ended up finally making it home. I'm like, oh, yeah, I took that cannabis oil. <laughs> you know, it had all stuff, had everything, uh, everything slowed down. I'm riding down the freeway at 15 miles an hour. But, um, yeah, but no, I, I like I said, I used the cannabis oil to, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, management of uh, pain on injuries and stuff like that, you know, training, you know, sore muscles and stuff like that. But um, so do do we have any questions from the uh, audience or whatever? Um, Absolutely. We have some folks who want to chime in. Oh, the lines. The, the lines are already, you know, they've been waiting. But if yes, anybody, we we got a couple of people have already pressed one. If you have comments, questions, or feedback, um, you want to chime in? Please, uh, please lock and load in now. Also, if y'all want to, um, we're gonna before I even do that too, we're gonna go ahead and start this birthday drive. You know, uh, Baba Kalende, his birthday's coming up. Everybody, Team Pisces is in the building. All right. So his PayPal, we, I, I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, he's a world traveler, and he got to have sandwiches on the way. He got to have shrimp and lobster on the way if that's what he wants to partake in, or alkaline water. But uh, what is it? What, what's, is Kalende E-E at Hotmail? That's your email address? Hotmail.com. Yes, yeah. at Hotmail.com. Kalende at Hotmail.com. No, it's not Kalende it's just Kalende. just just kalindi so kalindi at com is his paypal and uh cash app is uh the dollar sign kalindi ee so y'all go ahead drop you know 10 20 dollars in there whatever you can for the brother's birthday treat them like you want to be treated put somebody else's needs before that of your own his birthday is coming up. If you were Pisces or any water sign, shoot some love over there. All my earth signs, I expect y'all to drop something in the can too. Uh, and like I said, uh, he's a humble he's a humble big brother. Um, he takes five dollars to five million. So whatever is uh, whatever you can afford to give. And if you can't do it tonight, please write that down. Kalende at hotmail dot com or Kalinde Ee on Cash App and go ahead and show the brother some love. He don't have to come on here every weekend. He does this for the family and brings us things that we don't have access to because every week uh, we go, go go back and be like, man, I can't find this on the internet. I can't find this on none of his other YouTubes. So I'm very honored and humbled that he has decided and that the you know to listen to the universe you know to meet here on this platform for us to give us this type of um transference of wisdom and it's on us on what we do with it so um yes press one if oh, you want one, to ask one, a question. Quick, one, one quick one quick announcement before before that um we're looking to receive the plant here next uh, next month if you want to um, talk about it 
or to be able to have access to it um in the in the uh uh the the higher realms you have to email me i i did a show on it and people are on the public portion of the uh facebook facebook go live and i'm not going to answer questions on that so you have to email me Kalindi at hotmail dot com to be able to talk about you know uh, donating or getting access to the uh, the the crystal the the crystal ball. So okay, we'll take the you know we'll take the uh, uh, questions now. Okay, um, and if you don't know about the crystal ball, this was your first show. Go back to episode nine, and the brother went in extensively, extensively about that. So if you're keeping up every week, though, you already are going on. Uh, Bob, one of the things I wanted to ask the first one was a lot of things that you talked about tonight seemed like they were coming from the movie Inception. Remember the movie Inception where they were in the dream state and they were laying down, and when you said they talking about doing this DMT experiment where they is coming through like the straight into your brain, where they're keeping you in this DMT state, um, it seems like that has been um, just a lot of what you said was like totally lined up in that movie. Him and his uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, him and his him and his uh, wife, they had built a entire city or community for them to spend eternity to and the same way when he didn't speak her name and honor her as an ancestor like it had started decaying and um so i thought that was uh super super interesting and on the subject of the show itself about becoming an ancestor i think everything that you talked about not just communicating with them but what what we must do here on this side we must contribute we must stand for something. We must be of a uh, high ethical character. Um, we must be proponents of wisdom. We can't just be derelicts and then expect for us to be honored as ancestors. Um, I think you just did a brilliant job of just giving us conversation about things that we need to do um, in order to become ancestors. Uh, I didn't necessarily just want to talk about how to get in contact with them. I wanted to talk about us b- being ready to become the ancestors, but when you went into that piece about in a nanosecond, if if we reach the tipping point, it can happen in a nanosecond where we go to the Titan realm, you know, like in the blink of an eye. Like I think I, I, I thought that was just like totally amazing. Okay, let me get to the first caller. Caller from eight three two six one zero. Your microphone is wide open. Eight three two six one zero. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, my name is Robin, and I'm calling from uh, Houston, Texas. How are you, Robin? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. How are hi. you? I'm so honored to be on this call right now. I feel so lucky. I feel like my spirit has been guiding me for the past eight months on this intense journey of self-realization and a month ago I had the opportunity for the first time in my life um, to ingest uh, 5-MeO DMT or toad venom 
and it was mm-hmm. this amazing ceremony. I, I blasted off into these realms that you're talking about, and it was like I saw these, these beings. I saw, I saw my true nature. I saw God. I mean, I can't even begin to describe what I saw and what it was, but it was like it completely transformed my life. And it's brought so much peace to me, and I I completely, like, transformed my being. Just went from wanting to kill myself um, to literally feeling so peaceful and so loving and so, so uh, appreciative for this life. And I had, a, a week ago, I went on a peyote ceremony. And you're talking about these ancestors and you're talking about all these things. And I feel like synchronicity has been occurring in my life. Like all of these things that are happening have been to awaken in me and have in our, are like perfect um, opportunities for, for me to see my true nature and what my purpose is here on this planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that peyote <clears throat> ceremony that I was in, I was, I was feeling like I had all of this healing taking place with my ancestors, uh, generations of trauma, of abuse. Um, and then me, me, I, I'm a mother myself. And, you know, I've, I've been questioning, like, why am I a mother? I just don't understand. I can't do this. And I, I would just be in these, these episodes, these just of total chaos and confusion. And I, and I'm like, where is this coming from? You know? And I remember my mom being the same way and she passed away uh, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was just passed on to me and I could feel it within my being. And it was like that ceremony, it brought about this deep healing. I mean, I was crying so intensely at what it did for me. You know, I could feel like all of my ancestors were there, like cheering me on, like, so, and I mean, and I hear you talking about like ancestors and what that means. And, and I feel like they kind of left this for me to deal with, for me to, to heal so that my children and my children's children can live this, this better life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, uh, it deals with the uh, epigenetic trauma also through the moving through time it's uh, uh, one scenario I always talk about with the Iboga in dealing with um, the uh, the full Iboga ceremony because most of uh, the clinics that deal with uh, Iboga deal with a uh, a separate portion of the Iboga which, which they call Ebogaine, and they utilize it for opioid drug addiction to be able to move you out of that particular uh, trauma. And it can go even further back than that. It can go back into your ancestors because many times, many, much of the stress that we have and much of the trauma that we have is basically the trauma of your grandmother being uh, maybe being raped or your grandfather being hung or your whatever the trauma is in your ancestral line you carry that li- that line 
that's why um, I say high blood pressure, you know, uh, because of stress. You're dealing with stresses. That may be your grandmother's stress that you're manifesting as high blood pressure in this life. And then also in the 80s, of course, they changed the, they changed the numbers on high blood pressure so that they could get more uh, people taking high blood pressure member, uh, medicine, which uh, ultimately destroys the kidneys. So they then can put you on dialysis, and that's why you have all this dialysis, all these dialysis clinics in the black neighborhoods where you don't have them in uh, black and low-income neighborhoods. Uh, because you will have, you know, trauma from your ancestors, you know, and it leads into these things which the pharmaceutical companies and the uh, medical, uh, you know, conglomerates can make money through, you know, things like, you know, dealing with, you know, your your uh, kidneys going out and things like this, and they make they make money from that. So if they have more patients, they make more money. So you got a dialysis machine, and I don't know how much they cost, say $300,000. And you have people in there, once you have paid for the machine, the $300,000 and the maintenance on the machine is virtually free. So they're making tremendous amounts of money on our, on ancestral trauma that people may have. So yeah, um, that's part of you know that's part of the whole thing and what the five meo DMT frog uh, the the toad medicine can do is uh, reach into that trauma and uh, pull those stresses away through um, and you may not even notice it because it may be moving so quickly it deals with that trauma that mm. your grandmother had and you may not even see your yeah. grandmother. Or, or feel your grandmother, or you may see your grandmother and feel your grandmother, um, it will take that stress away from her by making that portion of the trauma invisible to your cellular structure and your nervous system in this time where you were manifesting it before the ceremony, you no longer manifest it after the ceremony because it's been cloaked, it's been dissolved, it's been pushed away because it's a time machine. It's a, it's a time machine plant, and a transdimensional plant. So, if you were a fourteen-year-old uh, in, uh, say, back in the sixties, and you were going home from school, you know, you're a regular, you know, junior high school student and things like that, and you walking down the street, and uh, Jimi Hendrix is playing, coming out of a house, and the house is a girl's house and you like this particular girl. Well, I'm just, you know, just giving the scenario, not saying you personally or whatever, but say, you know, you like this girl and the girl is on the port, you know, you see her and there, you say, Hey, Shirley, how's it going? And Shirley says, Hey, we're having a party. Come on up. And so you go on up and they sniffing something in their nose, music playing. And you want to, you know, you like this girl, you want to impress her. So she said, Hey, take some, you don't want to be a, uh, not you don't want to be a square, you don't want to be, you know, not in, and you try to impress this girl, so you snort, you, you sniff it in your nose too. And the next thing, you know, you sniffing it, then you're shooting it, then you uh, left high school and you're a heroin addict. And this goes on for 20 years. The driving force in your life is heroin addict, and you can't get away from it. 
But if somebody comes with the Ebo game, they give you the Ebo game, you go back in time, you walk in, you're, you're 14 again, you're in junior high school, you're walking down the street, and you go past the girl's house. Now, you actually see the house, you see the girl, you hear Jimmy Hendrix playing, the people are in the house and stuff like that. She says, hey, come on up. Same exact way she said it in the so-called time past, in the so-called real dimension. And you walking past and you start to go up on the porch and you say, you know, I got this test I got to do tomorrow, so um, I'll pass, but maybe we can maybe we can talk sometime. And she says, sure, maybe we can talk sometime. Um, and you go on home and do your homework. Then by the time you get home and you start the first letter in your homework, you come back into so-called regular time, and you didn't the second time in the entheogenic world go up on the porch so you never took that first note of heroin. So when you come back into real time now, after, you know, the ceremony is wearing off with you, your craving, your desire for heroin, all of that is gone. It is if you had never taken heroin in your life, there's no withdrawal system, uh, um, symptoms, anything like that, you're no longer a heroin addict because you went back in time and erased in your past this particular thing that happened. Say you Yeah. Um yeah, say you say you're a young boy and um your only child, your mother and father, um, hadn't been out in probably uh, a year, you know, you all just been doing family things at home and stuff like that. You're nine years old and your uncle um Sam comes to visit the family. And so Uncle Mike is a nice guy and all that kind of stuff. And uh, your mother and father say, hey, Mike, can you keep little, you know, little Sammy for us while we go to the movie? Because we ain't been out in the whole year. You're here. Uh, he likes you. You know, you like him. Uh, uh, you like him. He likes you. Why don't you watch him for us tonight so we can go out and have a movie? We say, sure, I'll watch little Sammy. And so the mother and father go out. And... Uncle Mike tells you to go to bed. So you go upstairs, you get in the bed, and you go upstairs and get in the bed, and by the time you're halfway... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.